1: Everybody, I'm Larry Roberts.
2: And I'm Sarah Lucy. And this is Brandon, your comprehensive guide to creative branding.
1: And on this episode of the podcast, we have an amazing guest with us. Man, he comes to us from one of the top shows actually in the industry. And it's an amazing opportunity to spend some time with him and kind of learn from him how he built his brand and how he went from just starting out to the top of the charts. Plus, there's going to be some other really, really interesting conversations going on as well. So Joe Salcihi, hi, welcome to branded.
0: I, I I'm here just to announce my retirement. I made it to branded, which means that I can retire in peace. I've reached the mountaintop.
1: Congratulations. So
2: we're so happy for you.
1: Man, super honored with that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we, if we're and the pinnacle
2: achievement award and call it a day, <laughs> I really wanted to get Joe on the show because if anybody knows my story, and I haven't gone too deep into it uh, on this show, but I accidentally got myself booked on stacking Benjamins to tell a story about a really embarrassing tattoo. And somehow Joe managed to make that experience be going from a story that I just told in a bar for laughs to a story that really defined my career. I wanted to bring him on so he could kind of tell his side of that. And first, why he would let someone come on his award-winning show to talk about getting a tattoo of a penis on their arm?
1: And- oh, the out of the bag. I mean, we just went—we went right to the climax we did- there. We did- spoiler, did- Sarah.
0: Spoiler.
2: Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I thank you to Joe Salcihi. I am the girl with the penis tattoo, and that is what will be on my tombstone someday. So thank you for that. <laughs>
0: I don't know, Larry, is that an honor to be that guy?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. Just have, have it chiseled in her tombstone. <laughs> yes. Just have a, that'd be, that's amazing. No, I mean, I think it is an honor, man. It, it really is an honor to have you here. Uh, I've enjoyed our conversations, albeit they have been brief at conferences, but uh, I really enjoy kind of hanging out with you and learning from you. So anything you can share with us today, man, is going to be super, super appreciated.
0: Yeah, well, you know, anytime I get to, you know, if I'm sitting next to somebody someday and they're like, they're like, so what's your claim to fame? I'm like, you know, the penis tattoo girl. <laughs> I created her.
2: <laughs> and that will be on your tombstone. Is, we just have to get buried next to each other. So it all makes that
0: sense. Is, that is it. I'm with penis tattoo girl. And like just a little like finger. Can I, can I make
2: us those shirts for like podcast movement or FinCon?
0: I'm with penis tattoo girl. Mm-hmm.
2: And then yeah. mine will just say penis tattoo girl.
0: Let her be on one side. I'll be on the other. No, no cause I will not be, be, be at
1: FinCon. So do it at FinCon, oh. please. Cause I, I have to miss that one. So <laughs> like, yeah, do it there. Do not. Yes. I want nothing to do with this. <laughs>
0: Well, well, let me start off, though, very seriously by saying that, you know, what we're always looking for is the same thing you guys are looking for, which is interesting radio, right? And when you hear a story that lights you up and, and cracks you up as much as that story did me, I realize that, that you know, whether we're making a podcast that is serious, whether we have a serious product, whether we have a, have a fun product, whatever it is, we need to realize that we're all in the entertainment business. I mean, whether we think we're we're just, you know... Laying out truths or whatever, or if we're, or if we truly are doing a singing, dancing thing, we're all in the entertainment business first and foremost. If you don't entertain people, they're not going to stick around to get the message. So when Sarah told me that she got this tattoo of, you know, my job as a creator then is where's the money through line? Cause our th- show is ostensibly about money. Well, she spent money on this tattoo. And she thought she was getting a tattoo that was of of something completely different. It wasn't a plan. Yeah. Imagine then. Imagine then looking down and seeing this dude, this this jerk, just put a penis on your arm and permanently. Right, and you're like, I spent this money, but how many times have we spent money and and it went the wrong way? It didn't go the way we wanted. So I'm like, so that was my framework. But 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 hear that the right way. That was my framework. What I really wanted was the penis tattoo story because, as a show that's trying to entertain people first, I want my stacker community walking around going, Oh my god, you should sure heard the story I heard on the show today about this woman who accidentally got a penis tattooed on her arm.
2: And it's it's still there. It's it's been covered up. It's now much more airplane than penis.
0: They did a nice job of that, by the way, because you would never know.
1: Can we see the tattoo, Sarah? I mean, can you hold it up for us so that everybody watching can? Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. It does. It looks like an airplane. Yeah, it looks like a jumbo jet. Yeah, a jumbo <laughs> for jet. For anyone yes. listening
2: and not watching, I can put a photo in the show
1: notes. Yeah, make it the cover <laughs> art for this episode. It'll be yes. The- if <laughs>
2: anyone wants to see the covered-up <laughs> tattoo, uh, <laughs> go to the show notes. Yes. But I literally stalked you. For three days. It was the first ever conference I've been to. It was Podcast Movement 2021, I want to say.
0: We were
1: in Uh, Nashville. We were in Nashville. Yeah, That was 21.
2: Like, I don't want people to get the wrong idea when I say I stalked you. Like, I wasn't just like, oh, I wonder where he is right now. Or let me go to where he's speaking because I know. No, I stood at a cocktail table holding up my signed copy of John Lee Dumas's book and just peering over it while well, you recorded a podcast at the fincom booth i don't know if you know this because now you're probably like why am i on this podcast i need to get a restraining order <laughs> but like i was that level of i need to like find this guy and talk to him and every time i try to like some someone else stepped in cuz you're you're a celebrity at these events and If anyone has ever tried to like walk through a room at like FinCon or podcast movement with you, it's like walking around with the mayor. Everyone has to stop and talk to you. Uh, The same with like Larry at PodFest. So I'm like trying to get a minute to just talk to you and it does not happen. I stood next to you. As soon as I went to open my mouth, you turn and talk to somebody else. Like it just kept happening. (laughs) So like I was stalking you and I finally found you in a hallway. And I think I just had a stroke because I just yelled at you (laughs) that I've been stalking you for three days. And Larry,
0: I'm walking down this hallway and I, and and I just, I'm walking, I'm going from point A to point B and I, all, I hear Joe high, like really loud, like it's urgent, like something's on fire. It was, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I turn around and here's this girl who's like a four foot two, uh, standing, yeah, s- yeah. standing over there. And she's like, she's like, I have been trying to, I don't remember what you said, Sarah. Something I've been like, casually
2: I've been tra- stalking you for three days. I w I wasn't even pretending to hide it. I outright told you I had, and been that's been
1: what you have to respect. You. You, you have to respect her brutal honesty. I mean, at least she's not hiding the fact that she can be a little nope. creepy,
2: but the best part is after telling you that and saying like, if I don't get the host of the show I produce, on your podcast, I will be fired. Your response wasn't like security. It was, here's my phone number. Let's meet tomorrow. And I'm still questioning your sanity on that, but I appreciate it.
0: You're questioning my sanity.
1: (laughs) Hey Joe, at at least you didn't start a podcast with her. Okay. I mean, I deal with this every day. So you got off light brother.
2: You both are just so lucky.
0: No, you know, what's funny is that, uh, so we started up a real estate sister show called stacking deeds, and we had this wonderful, um, uh, real estate broker named Vicki Barron on recently. And she sells like $50 million condos in, in Manhattan on a daily basis, but she didn't start off that way. She started off as this, um, uh, uh second daughter of a single mom and she she just learned how to get attention and how to ask questions and to be curious. And what was cool about Sarah's approach was, A, how honest it was, B, how much it made her and I on the same team. Vicki Barron shared this with us. You know, when somebody tells her something she doesn't like, she goes, well, that makes my heart sad. I'm just wondering if maybe you can help me with this and maybe think about it. Like Sarah's approach was... I'm going to get fired if I don't get get the person I work for on your show. And immediately then, Larry, I'm a co-conspirator, right? I'm like, well, let's not get you fired.
1: Instant guilt. Instant (laughs) guilt.
0: Right. Woman I just met 30 seconds ago. All of a sudden I'm trying to help. But Vicky put this a very good way, which is most humans are trying to help each other. We are trying to help. And just just. Uh, asking people for their help, no matter who they are, is a great approach. So Sarah asks me for her help, and um, and I said I wanted to meet because I'm like, okay, w- w- what I really see here is an opportunity for me to explain to somebody who seems like a very smart, uh, driven PR person to make is them. That how I came across. You did, huh. yes. As an ally of mine. So, so what Sarah doesn't know is that my agenda when we met was to tell you what I seriously am looking for and what I'm not looking for. Cause we get pitched 70 times a week. And what I learned is that there's two different approaches I can take. I can either do what the vast majority of people do and just shut off these PR people and go, go away and never respond to them. Or I can be an educator and teach them what, I want and say, Hey, I don't want what you're offering, but here's what I am looking for. And I got to tell you what's been cool. Our show's gotten better because I have a PR people like Sarah who know exactly what to pitch me, exactly what not to pitch. Pitch me. It doesn't waste my time, and I know if Sarah's going to pitch me something, it's going to make the show now, Larry, because Sarah Sarah always brings it. Like there are these PR people that bring it every time. Yeah, and we certainly still don't take every PR pitch. We we have two guests a week, and I'll I'll do one from a PR person that's incoming. And I still do the outgoing because I want to have quirky get, I want to talk about not just, you know, penises (laughs) on people's arm, but I want to talk to like we, you know, we went and got the, the, uh, the, the, the former CEO of Cirque du Soleil. That was a phenomenal thing. We got the head of United Airlines. These people don't pitch us. Cause their stories aren't quote money stories. They're not personal finance stories. They didn't pitch us. We just went out and got them sure. because we thought they were interesting. And that keeps me excited, which I think keeps us in the game.
1: So how did you get to that level though, Joe? Because I mean, our show, a lot of our listeners, they're building brands. They're trying to establish their presence and their space. How did you go from, you know, just starting out like most of our listeners now to being able to reach out to the former CEO of Cirque du Soleil? I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a big jump. How no, did you yeah. do that, man?
0: Yeah. And it always frustrates me. I I remember being frustrated later when people would tell stories like that. So I'm glad you did. I'm like, great. Good for you. Yeah. How do do I get there? Here is how you get there. And it's not the answer that people want to hear. You make a show that you would really like. Make a show that you would like and... Work relentlessly on reducing friction. So in any communication channel, you know, com 101 from any college classes, you've got sender of a message and receiver a message and there's friction in the middle. And you've got to get rid of that friction from the very beginning. So take, you know, a lot of people will, will hear the haters and then they will disregard them. I disregard the snark in their voice, but I don't disregard the message. I try to clean up the message and go, okay, let's get rid of the snark that they think we suck. And instead... Get behind, like, where's the truth in that message? And I'll give you an example. Early on, so we're a couple of, of uh, we've got one industry insider in, in personal finance and me who I used to be. I was one of 12 people at American Express that would speak on behalf of the company. So I'd gone through all kinds of PR training. I know how to talk about money on TV, on radio, and print. Nobody wants to hear that show, number one. Nobody wants to hear these two industry insiders go blah, 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 blah. So sure. we, d- we decided to put the show in mom's basement because- screwing up your money and realizing that it's not going to kill you, I think is a much better approach and people do want to hear and making it story-based people wanted to hear. So, so there was that aspect, but when we created the show, we, we also then decided that um, that the show would have a lot of humor and the snark that we got from people was these two guys aren't as funny as they think they are, (laughs) which, you know, what was absolutely true. But but at first I was like, screw you, we are funny. Screw you, we are. And then I thought, you know what? I've been a financial planner at that point for 20 years. I had been, I no longer was, but I've been a financial planner for 20 years. I had never once studied comedy. And so for me to think, well, I'm a funny guy and I'm just going to put a microphone in front of me and crack some jokes. And you think about these comedians that do this every day and they're on the road and they're always honing their craft. And I'd spent zero time honing that craft. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge mistake on my part. So we went back to the drawing board and we started taking comedy classes. We started taking we, we every single thing we could study about comedy. We'd, and the show still is not as funny as I would like it to be. And we're not as funny as I would like it to be where, you know, back then, 10 years ago, I thought we were funny as all get out. Now I'm like, oh, we could be so much better. So, so I would say, become a student of what the friction is. Listen to your haters and try to clean it up. And then a good for podcasting, my favorite analogy around podcasting is a good podcast is like a mullet. Uh, (laughs) Business in the front and party in the back. Party
1: in the back, brother. Let's go.
0: Well, and the thing that I hate, and I know you guys hate this too, you get a couple of hosts on at the beginning of the show and they sell their course at the beginning of the show. They blabber about the the weather. And don't get me wrong. There does have to be a little warm up about getting to know the voices and who the hosts are and how they react to each other. That stuff's all fine. But people that are new to your show, they want what it says in the title. That's what they want. Right. And the people that are going to buy now, I get pushback. People go, well, Joe, you know, I've gone on Apple and I've seen, you know, there's all these places to go see your stats. Chartable. You can see people, people just let go of your show for whatever reason. They get out of the car, they get out of the shower, whatever it might be. They, your show might have half the listeners at the end. It had at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm still, I firmly believe those are the people that are going to buy from you. The people at the beginning that went away halfway through the show, they were just curious to see what it was, but the people that love you are the ones that are going to buy. And those people, are the ones sticking around. So that's the party in the back part, you know, have community time at the end of your show, talk about your Facebook group, talk about your friends, talk about the people that are the community in the show, where you're going to do an Instagram live, whatever that's going to be. And sell your course to those people then if you've got something to sell and you're Rate of success, I think it's going to be a lot higher. And you're going to keep, you're going to turn more people into fans because you got to it at the beginning.
1: Man, so much there to unpack. And Sarah, I saw you move your lips. So take it from there. Cause if not, if I don't let her talk, she won't talk. I, 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 I have a little, my voice is a little more powerful than hers, So I tend to over talk her. So I keep out of the corner of my eye. I'm always watching the peripheral to see if I see her move. And that means she wants to speak. So please shut me up and do your so, thing.
2: Um, one of our previous episodes, I want to say it was the one about imposter syndrome. I actually mentioned your show and how we like, Comparing a show like ours that's still in the beginning, we're like a dozen episodes in then comparing it to a show like yours. It's it's not going to line up and it's it's going to be almost be like disheartening because we're not as big as stacking Benjamins. But I think I even said like when I was on the show two years ago, it was episode like two hundred something. I'm pretty sure it was episode like twelve hundred something. You guys have like I I checked I like I checked this morning. I was like, how many actually are there? And you're in the thousands. Yeah, I think so, we just
0: did like thirteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. You wow. guys have
2: been around. It's, I know you had your ten year anniversary. I think it was. Yeah,
0: we're coming so, close to fifteen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, let me just jump in there because you got to drive that home too. You know, people think they're going to start their podcast yeah. or build their brand and right out of the gate they're going to have this massive success. And this goes back to what Sarah's talking about our the episode that's out right now that was just released today is the is the uh, imposter syndrome uh, episode, but people are looking at the Joe Rogans, the Joe Salci Highs, and all the other Joes that are crushing it out there. And they're thinking they're going to go into mom's basement, crank up a, a Samsung microphone that they bought on eBay or whatever, and plug it into their computer. Now they're going to have this super highly successful show. So not only did you invest back into yourself and the craft of podcasting, looking at comedy, knowing how to speak, and really investing. Money and time and energy into making it a better show. Been around for damn near fifteen years, right? How
2: long did it take to get to that point where you're like, okay, this is really taking off. Like, this isn't. I'm not going from my sixty nine to seventy downloads. Like, I'm going to like thousands of downloads an episode.
0: uh two and a half years. It's it is a big old moat. And and to, I mean, I'll tell you that story. I was sitting with OG, my co host you know, doing another show after two and a half years. And he looks, and we've rebranded twice during then because we realized we didn't have it right the first time. Then we realized we were still screwing up and we didn't have it right. So we'd rebranded again in Stacking Benjamins. We still weren't seeing a big lift. I mean, it was growing a little bit every show, but I remember him just sitting across that card table from me going, what the, and he literally said, he goes, what the hell are we doing? I'm like, well, we're getting ready to record a show. He goes, no, seriously, we've been doing this two and a half years. What the hell are we doing? Like, why are we, why are we doing this? I'm like dude because you know we're helping people we're we're growing the show he goes this if this keeps growing at this rate this is just not this is this is not it and i went to a podcast movement this one was in uh was in fort worth and i heard a couple great things roman mars of npr fame uh the guy behind 99 invisible was on stage i was sitting next to another great podcaster guy named roger whitney the retirement answer man and and uh roger's like my my conference spouse and he, he and I are taking notes. And I remember before that day, I would always look at the Apple charts. I'd look at all the different charts and I'd look at people ahead of me and I'd go, our show's better than that one. 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 This is BS where we are. This is total BS. And that day, Roman Mars stood on stage and he showed us what they did at 99% Invisible. And what I was doing to, to make the Stacking Benjamin show and what he was doing to make 99% invisible were two totally different things. He was so much more professional about his approach. He used so much more research. He was so much more thoughtful about every little piece of construction of his show than I was that I literally on my iPad, I wrote, you have the ranking you deserve, which meant that, yeah, there might be the random show ahead of me where they got lucky and they did some stuff, but this guy deserves to be ahead of me because he's worked his ass off. And that day I went home and I actually blew up the we blew up the show. We made it we made it way more accessible. We made it way more like the tonight show. We made it snappier. We didn't get in the weeds as much talking about in depth because that was the death of us. Uh, whenever we keep things light and fun. And we realized our goal is, and we've we've never used this as a uh a mantra or a calling card because I think it kind of gets rid of the it kind of gets rid of, of what Stacky Benjamin's is about. But you know, people on our team like to call us the gateway drug of a personal finance. And I'm like, we're not going to be that. That's not going to be our official moniker, but it truly is meant to be a gateway. It is accessible. You can do this. It's going to be fun. Believe it or not, personal finance can be fun. We're going to spend way more time screwing around than we are going to be talking about anything serious. And hopefully at the end of the episode through osmosis, you went, I can do this. I actually understand what a Roth IRA is. How great is that? And I can screw it up and I'm going to be okay. Like that's, that's awesome. So we blew up the entire show. The first thing that happened, guys, a third of our little audience at that time went bye bye. And I got hate mail. Like I didn't get a little hate mail. I got nasty mail. This one woman, I remember Cheryl and I went on a vacation to Puerto Rico and I love talking about like today, how the show's made. So I write her like this 3000 word answer about where we're going with the show and how we, everything I just told you, I wrote in this email and she wrote back to me. She goes, you are the most narcissistic son of a bitch I have ever <laughs> met. You just think your way is right. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to have this back and forth about it. what Now what's cool is two things happen two and a half months later after we got rid of sucking at this new world. Cause we, you know, you're not gonna be good at it at first, no. Two and a half months later, you could see in Libsyn, our, uh, which is our the place that uploads our show and gives us all our stats, you could see this hockey stick. Like All of a sudden, we knew what we were doing and we were locked in. We still weren't Roman Mars pro at it, but we were much, much better. We'd gone to a five-week production schedule. We were very thoughtful about the fabric of what our guest lineup was going to be. The comedy was crisper, the whole thing net months in this big old hockey stick and then the awards just came out of the blue Kiplinger then all of a sudden called his best personal finance but out of nowhere you got these huge shows these huge people we're we're still this small show and Kiplinger goes you're the best personal finance show and then uh, art of manliness We're not even a show whose avatar is a man. Our avatar is a woman in her 40s who's juggling a career and two kids and has to be a full-time mom and a full-time employee. And she doesn't want to be yelled at by Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman. People (laughs) know who they are. She wants to have fun, right? She wants to be informed, but she still wants it fun. So that's our avatar. Art of manliness puts us on this list of 15 podcasts men need to listen to. I'm like, okay, yeah, great, fantastic. But you got to make a show that that's for you and I think you got to be professional about it.
2: I really love how you host. And I mean, like, like you said, that you're very thoughtful about it. But even go, I told you, I sat down with you at that first podcast movement and I told you this whole story about, I got a really embarrassing tattoo. And the way you had me tell that story pulled so much value out of it. That it went from being this ridiculous story to this journey of self-discovery that made me more confident in asking for what I deserve in my career and braver and led me to move across the country by myself and eventually launch a company. What I launched my company to do was help other people tell their stories the way you helped me tell mine. Basically, I credit you for my entire career. So thank you for that.
0: But- <laughs> that is way too much credit. This is way, way, way and too much credit.
1: Joe, you- I just got to say, I got to thank you for my podcast. I have to thank you for my red hat.
2: I'd like to, to thank, thank the Academy. Every- I
1: have to thank you for Eric. Joe, I wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for um- the way you handled Sarah's penis. <laughs> tattoo. I like the pause. Yeah, thanks.
2: Um, What I was trying to say... <laughs> is there really is an art to how we tell stories. And people don't realize that the stories that they tell that they want to share value from, they don't have to be those headline grabbing stories. They can be those silly stories that you tell in a bar, they can be the everyday successes and the everyday failures. And I talk to so many people and I say like when you, if you want to go on podcasts or if you want to speak at conferences, you need to lead with stories. And they tell me that, well, I don't have a story. Oh. Every single time I say, my story is about getting a tattoo of a penis on my arm. Tell me again, you don't have a story. And it has been able to actually like be that example of, oh, okay, hold on. There's something in like any of my stories that has value. And being able to draw that out of people is something that I learned f- from you. And I don't think you realize that you did it.
0: Well, thank you. And Larry, I feel like I owe Sarah 20 bucks now.
2: No, uh, <laughs> I totally- no. I'll send you my Venmo after we hang out.
1: I, I got to tell you, I just love the way that we started off with penis. We got some value in the middle there. Then we brought it all home with a more penis. So this has been a roller coaster ride of, From start Uh, to finish. Yeah, yeah. We'll just. I think there's some. Well,
0: well, well, I think if we can talk about that for a second, because I think that's something we can all learn. Because I just went on a book tour. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt that sentence with a different one with a little ADD. (laughs) But, uh, but, but I just went on a book tour, and so I went on a bunch of podcasts. And there are so many podcasters out there who are not in the interview. They like pre-craft a set of questions, which are the most boring questions ever. They never follow up. They're not listening to hear inflection points. You got to study the greats at this. Much like we study comedy. I've spent a lot of time studying great people who do great interviews. So I started off and I'm an older guy. So this guy, Larry King, I started off with. And when Larry King talked about interviewing people, he talked about, he just has to be curious. He'll pick up a book and he'll go, so your book is called Stacked. Why did you name it Stacked? He hasn't even, it's a great question. Why did you name it that? And then he goes to the inside cover and he's like, oh, it says this and this and this on the inside cover. Why did you decide to include that? And then he just listens for cues and then he goes down this rabbit hole. He's like, I never read any of the book. I now." I read the first three chapters of the book and I try to find stories from the first three chapters of all the books because that's about all we can do in 25 minutes is is just get two or three good stories. But I also don't want to give away the entire book. You know, I went on some shows where they're talking about stuff for the whole book and it just, it doesn't do me a service. It doesn't do the listener a service. It doesn't help anybody. I studied Barbara Walter. She's got a great book about how to talk to practically anybody about practically anything. She's another uh, woman who passed away recently. People might not even know who she is, but she was a fantastic, I listened to Howard Stern and I'm like, how did he get that out of Roger Daltrey? I remember Roger Daltrey told this amazing story about the who and I'm thinking, how did he do that? And then you start listening for these techniques. Mark Marin, you know, great techniques. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to some of these people that are recognized as great and then think, okay, how are they crafting this? How are they actually leading these people to cra- watch Graham Norton clips? If anybody, if anybody has TikTok or Instagram, yeah. watch clips BBC. of the Graham Norton show. Yeah. They are known for these people telling these great stories. That doesn't happen organically. The yeah. audience the audience should think it happens organically, but it doesn't. What is Graham Norton's team doing to set that up and make sure it happens on every episode? Because the number of great clips Graham Norton gets from all these amazing guests is incredible.
1: Well, I want to build on that, too, uh, because... You just said organically, you know, those conversations don't happen organically and the skill sets to generate those types of conversations don't happen organically either. You've alluded to it multiple times throughout this episode, how you've invested in learning comedy. I'm sure you've invested in learning how to speak from the stage. You mentioned before that you were trained as a professional PR person for, for American express. That's a high profile position. So you have a ton of training behind you. That's put you in the position to recognize. And you said this too, before your show even blew up, you'd already recognized twice that something wasn't right, that you yeah. you guys had gotten it wrong. And you wouldn't have been able to recognize that if you didn't have the skill sets in place to be able to analyze what you're doing and realize, eh, We took a wrong turn somewhere. Let's get this train back on the track. So I think that's amazing. And I think we can't reinforce that enough for people that are listening right now that you have to invest in those skill sets. You have to take the time to build on your individual skill sets so that it can be reflected in the content that you create. You, you know
0: what the best thing to invest in, though, of all, and I love all that, Larry, is the it's thing like, that. Larry,
1: STFU, this is really where it's at.
0: No, <laughs> no, because I think there's one more thing. I think there is a cherry on top that you can't not have, which which is, which is, yeah, Larry, move aside.
1: God dang it. I'm gone. No.
0: Larry, if you could just move aside, let the pros talk now. No, we, we uh, uh, the big thing that that we haven't talked about yet is you need some alpha listeners. I think that we all need like a Gordon Ramsay, Simon Cowell kind of person where, you, where you know, like at the end of the Gordon Ramsay episode where they're hugging it out, you know, after they had the yelling match, because you realize in the beginning of the episode as a viewer, Gordon Ramsay wants this restaurant to succeed, he wants these chefs to succeed, but we're gonna have to get through you know, we're going to have to get through some toughness and we're going to, have to make some tough changes. I needed an alpha listener to help me do that. And I had a couple of great people who I knew were on my team. I knew they loved me and they would just cut to the chase every episode. I remember we had an industry expert, a guy named Pat Flynn on once. So you guys know who Pat Flynn is. Pat Flynn for me was a fantastic guest. Our show though, is about personal finance. My buddy calls me up and goes, why'd you have that guy on? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, he was talking about like internet marketing. Why are you talking about internet marketing on a personal finance show? And I'm like, you know, that's a great point. Just because Pat Flynn was important to me Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't mean that it was important to my, my, my family, which is my stacker community. Like, so I had to do one of two things, either a not have Pat Flynn on or B, have Pat Flynn on, but find a way to make it about personal finance. And Pat Flynn is, you know, people in our industry know that he left architecture to go into this other, I could have talked to him about that. I didn't talk to him about that though. I talked to him about SEO and you know, using these tools. And he's like, what do you talk about tool, Joe? You're a tool. You need to, you need to do, do a better job of that. So, you know, for that reason, we didn't have another industry expert in our industry and a woman named Amy Porterfield. We didn't have her on forever until last year. And I was so happy to finally get to talk to Amy because I love Amy's message, but I was finally able to find a message where it fit. And I think our community got a lot more out of it having her on now. But if it weren't for those alpha listeners, I think, I think Larry, everything you said is right on, but you need somebody who's on your team. Who's going to give you a no BS that sucked. That sucked. And you need to change it.
2: How did that alpha listener feel about my episode?
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, look, uh, look, Uh look, uh-oh, uh-oh, now she's going to be paranoid. look
0: Look at the time. (laughs) I did that Larry, to make her even more paranoid.
1: No, it's good. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that your book tour that you just came off of was for a book possibly titled Stacked. Poss- possibly, possibly. Yeah. You like that's my work,
2: sitting right here behind I, I, me. That's,
0: a, that's some. That was PR magic right there, Larry. Yeah. See, let's yeah. say as an example, Larry King was talking about my book. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's slipped it. Slipped it right in there. Yes. Be- before and, we wrap uh, this up, tell us all about it,
0: Joe. So, th- thank you, by the way. And uh, stacked is a book that is. Uh, was my second attempt at a book. My first attempt, I handed to my alpha reader, which is my my spouse, Cheryl, and she goes, "This sucks." because it was like all this Joe knows a lot about money and this is really extra this is what you need to know it was horrible and it didn't match me it did match our personality stacked is a book that is much more comedy it has at the end of every chapter some of the great people we've interviewed uh, to reinforce the messages and the messages these are not chapters I took the Cub Scout Wolf Guide Larry and I combined it with the Hardy Boys detective manual which were two things in fourth grade that really spoke to me and I thought if I could make a Book for adults that was as campy as those. So these aren't chapters, they're achievements. Every time you finish an achievement, it's not about what you know, it's what you do. So at the end of each of these achievements, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do to prove that you read the chapter and you know what you're doing with, you know, budgeting or getting out of debt or whatever it is. So do these things, get your credit report, whatever it might be. And then there's a place for your mom to sign it. And you get your badge in that area. So, uh, <laughs> stacked is your super serious guide to modern money management and, uh, penguin released it we had the same editor as james clear i can't you know that's a flex right there the guy that did uh, atomic habits which is cool for me to say here but i will say this that when you deal with the team that made that book and then they make yours you feel like the unappreciated cinderella because they're constantly going oh well james is such a good author you know you could probably joe learn this from james oh james is so great like you're the younger brother that never gets any
1: yeah anyway yeah yeah that's me but you also, show. I
2: mean, you wrote it with Emily Guy Birkin and she is in Funny her, in as her get up. She is an amazing writer. So, you know, you, you had help.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a good, I mean, we could, we could talk about that too, but I know we're out of time, but, but that is, you know, I wrote that first book by myself and then I read another book, which this person had had a book deal forever and they never did anything. Then they realized they worked at vice and they were surrounded by all these great writers. And I went, holy cow. I interview two great writers every week. Why wouldn't I go ask one of them But they'll co-write this with me? They know the ropes. They know publishing. They know, they know agents. So we didn't do the cover letter. We didn't do the query. I went to sources and they introduced me to their agents. We got a great agent. The agent then helped. I did the whole thing backwards just because of our podcast. And anybody who's building a podcast, you know which authors you jived with. Your first 20 episodes, there's got to be at least three of them that could probably help you with your book. That's Speaking
2: awesome. of, if Austin Cleon is listening to this, I have been emailing you incessantly to get you to write the forward for my book. So, let's let's make that happen.
0: Okay, Sarah knows I have a man crush on Austin Cleon, but Sarah, I might also be able to help you with that. This is the other thing: ask for help. Ask Joe, for help. Joe, help. I will.
2: If I don't get Austin Cleon to write the forward of my book, I will be fired.
1: I will introduce. Oh. You. oh. <laughs> I think we already played that <laughs> card,
2: yeah. But it worked. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's
1: just go right back <laughs> to the well. Let's just go right back Does to the Does that
0: sound well. familiar? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Joe, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. This has been a lot of fun. Probably one of the more lighthearted episodes that we've had. So uh, it, it's been great having you here. I know Sarah enjoys every opportunity she has to talk to you and relive those thrilling moments on Stacking Benjamins when she got to tell her amazing I,
2: I peaked in 2021, okay, guys? <laughs> yeah, I got to relive yeah. the glory days. We're,
1: we're, we're going to try guys, to bring something back. You know, with Podcast Movement being next week, maybe, maybe we can get some experience for her that will overwrite Uh, the penis tattoo. I don't know. We'll see. You
0: guys are so awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this awesome episode featuring Joe Salci. Hi. If you found some value in this episode, do me a favor right now. Smash that subscribe button on your favorite platform so we can continue to bring you these insightful interviews. And with that, I'm Larry Roberts.
2: I'm the girl with the penis tattoo. (laughs) and We'll talk to you next week.